0: Podcast Answer Man, episode number 368. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hi there, this is Ray Edwards from rayedwards.com, and there's only one guy I trust to answer my questions about podcasting, and that is, of course, the Podcast Answer Man, Cliff Ravenscraft. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to taking your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right. It does not matter if you are brand new to this online content creating world we live in, or if you have been creating online content for many years, there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. That's right, my friends, taking things to a whole new level is what I have devoted my life to, and I hope to inspire each and every one of you to do as well. There's somewhat of breaking news in the podcasting patent sphere. Now, I'll I'll give you guys that update in just a little bit. It's actually quite shocking, but that's one thing I'm going to talk about Pretty in-depth is is the most recent news related to the podcasting patent lawsuit. And then, of course, I'm also going to share in this episode six tips for dealing with email overwhelm and also want to give you a little bit of a follow-up, actually a bit of a follow-up related to information for my next level one-day mastermind event. But, of course, I am going to save that for the end of the episode because I just want to make sure that I'm providing you guys this wonderful content before I go talking about my own products and services. But uh, let's go ahead and jump right into things. Before we talk about the podcasting patent, before we talk about six tips for dealing with email overwhelm, and before I give you any more information about my next level one day mastermind event, I do want to ask for your help with something. Uh, One of the things that I'm doing to take things to the next level is I'm actually bringing forth a brand new public speaking message. Now this is something that is near and dear to my heart, but I've been thinking what am I going to do for the podcast movement as a closing keynote? This is something that I want to be special. I know that uh, everybody who is going to be hearing me in that crowd has already spent the full two days at the conference. Uh, many of them had come for you know how how can I grow my audience? How can I monetize my podcasting efforts? What can I do to you know wh- where should I focus as far as on the technical side of things they they 've gotten so much valuable technical and, and 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 so many things that can help them and and help, help their show bring valuable things and you know more valuable things into their life to their business. But what I want to do is I want to close this conference with the idea that what can we as podcasters do as, at, for, for the benefit of the world? What can we do to change the world with our podcast? How can we make people's lives one person, one listener at a time? And that's what I want to really do with my keynote. I, and so that's the, that's the direction that I'm heading. And one of the things that I'll be doing is sharing four different strategies that a podcaster can use or strategies that podcasters can use to make a positive difference in the lives of the people who listen to their shows. Now, I'll give you a hint as to what those are. I'm not going to go into detail here. Obviously, I want to uh, save a lot of this stuff for the keynote address, which I'm sure I'll be sharing with those of you who are not able to attend. I'll record it and make it available as a, a video blog post on my site, and put it on YouTube and everything like that. But uh, let be, for right now, I'll just share with you what those four strategies are. Number one, having a clear message, letting people know what you stand for and and what you're all about. For example, I'm all about taking your message, your business, and your life to the next level. Always aspiring to make to to take things to a new level, to to grow consistently, constantly. Uh, never accepting where you are as as having arrived, but always saying, you know, you know what, this is great, this is wonderful, but what got me to where I am today is not going to get me to where I need to be tomorrow, and so we're going to take things to the next level. That's my clear message that I hope that everybody who's listening to this has received from listening to me. <clears throat> there are other folks out there that have these wonderful. Messages. My, I'll just give you one more. Ray Edwards has a very clear message, and it's his is prosperity with purpose. Um, he 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 is a Christian man that I respect very highly, uh, who has a great and tremendous faith that that inspires me, and unlike much of what I heard growing up uh, from the faith background and faith community. Uh, He really does believe in prosperity. He believes in being, you know, uh, achieving great wealth, and not just achieving great wealth, but doing something valuable with it. Uh, Prosperity with a purpose. So, having a clear message. The second strategy that podcasters can use to have a make positive change in people's lives is building environments of community. This could be uh, online forums. This could be having a Face-to-face meetups when you go into certain cities or towns, when you're going to conferences. Host meetups where you can meet people face-to-face and introduce them to each other. Um, a third strategy, genuinely caring about people, letting them know that they matter. This, this can be you know answering email. This could be responding to people on, on social media, not just responding to them, but initiating contact with them. Um, and and i 'll go into more detail about that in in my conference and sharing stories in fact and stories is what i 'm getting ready to get down to. but the last strategy that I will be sharing in my keynote is being transparent and authentic as you share your journey of where you are and what you're facing as you're moving forward uh, in your own journey. Basically this is, you know, you don't have to pretend that you have everything all figured out. This is just being very transparent about your own struggles, your own fears and all of those things that that really hold you back. How are you overcoming those things? Don't be afraid of sharing your weaknesses and how you're moving past those weaknesses. And what I hope to do in my keynote is not just to talk about those things, which I will go into much greater depth than what I just did, but I hope to actually share stories of people's lives that have been changed, that have been positively influ- you know, impacted uh, in such a way that, that it's really what we would consider a, a wow. I can't believe that. That is so awesome. A wow kind of movement. Uh, I'm going to give you an example of the kind of story that I'm looking for. And by the way, I did a video blog post on my website at PodcastAnswerMan.com slash Keynote Help as one word, PodcastAnswerMan.com slash Keynote Help. And I asked my community, I said, guys, if, if your life has been changed in a positive way as a result of someone's podcasting efforts, can you please tell me that story? The very first person who uh, reached out to me was Sam Ashdown, and she wrote this beautiful, short, to-the-point story about how her life has been positively impacted by a podcaster's efforts. And I asked her, I said, would you be willing to share that in audio form? And she certainly obliged, and uh, she sent that over to me. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you an example of the kind of stories that I'm looking for. And let me just go ahead and play what Sam Ashdown shared with me.
1: Hi Cliff, I'm Sam Ashdown from the UK and I run Home Truths, an advice and resource website for homeowners trying to sell. When I read your request for life impacting changes by podcasters, I literally ran to my keyboard. Let me tell you why. A couple of years ago, I got a collie dog following a very messy divorce and I also moved about 300 miles north to a very rural area. I loved walking, George, my dog, but it could be a little lonely, roaming around the hills near where I lived for hours at a time. And then I discovered podcasts. I devoured them one by one, though I always felt a little behind the curve of their successes and skills. Until one day, I listened by accident to a new young podcaster just starting out. Like you, he was in the insurance business. And on his first few podcasts episodes, he sounded a little stiff and nervous, but he was real. I could relate to him, to his challenges and his small wins, and it gave me motivation to push my business to the next level. Step by step over those hills, this guy was with me, climbing every challenge by my side. I felt invigorated, like I could do anything. He was my unofficial mentor and he didn't even know it then one day he mentioned me in one of his episodes. Wow! We'd had a little Twitter exchange and he related it on his next episode. I was blown away. He'd shown me that he really cared about his audience, about me personally. Now my business really has reached new heights. And he's finally flown the insurance nest and he's off the charts successful. He gets the very best guests on his podcasts, which are now Hangouts On Air, of course. And I still devour each and every episode. We're friends on social networks and he still remains my inspiration in a big, big way. Cliff, this comment is to say a massive thank you to my lovely podcaster, mentor and friend, Ryan Hanley from the Content Warfare podcast. Thank you so much, Ryan, from the bottom of my heart, Sam.
0: Sam, thank you so much for sharing that story. And folks, do you hear uh, how this story actually reflects two of the different strategies that I was talking about? And the first one being the fact that um, he genuinely cared about Sam. Ryan Handley genuinely cared about Sam as one specific listener, one individual he let her know that she mattered. It was, it began with a Twitter exchange and without even letting her know ahead of time, he actually went so far as to mention that Twitter exchange in his podcast. And how did she react to that? She says, he mentioned me. Wow. I mean, that was the reaction that she had. She says, wow, he mentioned me. He cares. He Matter of fact, I think she said he genuinely cared about me personally. And that 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 right there, my friends, can have such a huge impact on people's lives. Um, another thing that I, I took some notes here while I was listening to Tam's story: she had gone through a messy divorce. She'd spent so many hours walking and and her dog and being alone and feeling lonely until she discovered podcasting, and then she discovered podcasts that were inspiring and motivating. But the reality was that she always felt so. Behind the curve when she thought of herself and where she was and what she had What her goals and dreams are she felt kind of like so far behind their success that there's no way I could achieve that But because Ryan Handley was very authentic very transparent about who he was and where he was in his journey at that moment in time she said I could relate to him. He seemed like a real person. He His delivery was a little stiff and it wasn't as polished. It wasn't this perfect guy that had everything together. He was a human being with fears and struggles and all of those things. And all of a sudden I felt like I could relate. And as he took bold steps moving forward, it encouraged me. And as a result of being authentic and transparent and sharing where you are in your journey, it's had a life changing impact in Sam's life. These are the kind of stories that I'm looking for. So my question is, do you have a story where uh, you have been inspired to think in a whole different way just because of a clear message that somebody has for their podcast? Uh, Have you actually uh, had a life-changing experience because of somebody that you met online or face-to-face at a meetup as a result of a community environment that a podcaster created. Not specifically you meeting that podcaster, but that podcaster created an online chat room, that, that podcaster created an online forum, or a Facebook group, or uh, had a, in-person meetup in your town and you went to that event or you dropped into that chat room and you started having a conversation with somebody, you met somebody there for the very first time, somebody you would have never met had it not been for that environment that that podcaster created for you and that other person to be there. Do you have a story about how that relationship had gone to the next level? And it it, it, it was a life-changing experience for you to have and establish and build that relationship. I personally know people who have gotten married as a result of first meeting in a chat room uh, at, at, during one of my live shows and then coming to an in-person meetup and then next thing I know they're married. You know, it, it's I've seen these things and I want to know, have you experienced them? Do you know of stories like this? Do you have a story where a podcaster personally made you feel like wow this this person cares for me this this man or this woman behind the microphone uh, has so many other things but they took time out of their day out of their lives to make me feel important do you have a story like that and i'm looking specifically for how did that become a catalyst for making a big difference a life-changing life-altering event for you and then of course um, obviously, Sam's got a great story about how being genuine and authentic. But these are what I'm looking for, and these stories will help me uh, determine what stories I can share to help encourage and inspire the attendees of the Podcast Movement Conference. So, if you want to help me by supplying a story, go to podcastanswerman.com/slash/keynotehelp and put it in the comments section below. And by the way, that that post already has over forty comments. It might even be, you know, approaching 50 comments right now, uh, which is approximately 20 or so stories. So if you want to be inspired about how other people's lives are being changed, I encourage you to go to podcastanswerman.com slash keynote help and read those stories. They're pretty darn awesome. Anyway, again, podcastanswerman.com slash keynote help. I would love to have your story if you're willing to share it. All right. Shocking update to the podcasting patent lawsuit. Oh my goodness. I, I did not see this one coming. All right. So several months ago, almost a, gosh, was it, I don't even know when this all began, but personal audio LLC, AKA a patent troll, which by the way, is a company that has no other business pursuits other than suing people over its patents that they, and oftentimes that they've purchased. From someone else. But regardless of whether or not that's the case, uh, Personal Audio LLC does fit into the description of what a podcasting, or, or, what a patent troll is. Anyway, this story comes from Ars Technica. And I will put a link. Actually, you know what? You can go to podcastanswerman.com Ars Update. That's A R S Update. Again, podcastanswerman.comslash Ars Update will take you directly to this article. But what I'm going to do is I want to read certain sections of this because it's going to blow your mind when you hear this. First of all, the title of the article is Podcasting Patent Troll. We tried to drop lawsuit against Adam Corolla. All right, here's what it says. Personal audio says that Corolla, who has raised more than five four hundred $450,000 from fans to fight the case, is wasting their money on an unnecessary lawsuit, the company, which is a patent troll with no business other than than lawsuits, has said that Corolla just does not care since his fans are paying his lawyers' bills. Adam Corolla, uh, uh, let's see here. Adam Corolla's assertions that we would destroy podcasting were ludicrous on their face. As uh, Personal Audio CEO Brad Lytle uh, says, he says, but it generated sympathy from fans and ratings for his show. Getting his fan base to continue to donate to his legal fund is a cynical exploitation of the publicity power he enjoys as an entertainer. He continued to say that Personal Audio was quote-unquote quite surprised Corolla turned down their offer and in fact this is what uh, this guy says perhaps this is because he feels that he can simply get his fans to fund his future and now unnecessary legal expenses or perhaps it relates to how he uses how he uses the case as material for his show the fact of the matter is that Adam Carolla is asking people to donate money to him for a lawsuit that he no longer needs to defend. We would like his listeners to understand this situation when deciding whether or not to donate any additional money to his cause. According to personal, uh, and that, by the way, all of that was this quote from this uh, the CEO, Brad Liddell or whatever his name is over there at Personal Audio. This is back to the article. Uh, It says, according to Personal Audio, they've lost interest in suing podcasters because the podcasters, even one of Adam Carolla's size, just don't make enough money for them to care. Personal Audio says this, uh, let's see here. They were under the impression that Carolla, the self-proclaimed largest podcaster in the world, as well as certain other podcasters, were making significant money from infringing on personal audio's patents, stated the company. After the parties completed discovery, however, it became clear this was not the case. All right, back to the article. He says here uh, personal audio has al- already dropped its lawsuits against two other podcasting defendants from the case TajiNet and How Stuff Works, apparently without paying anything. The patent company is charging ahead with its patent case against three big television networks, CBS, NBC, and ABC. Personal Audio is now trying to wring a royalty from those companies for releasing video episodic content over the internet. Jury trials are scheduled in both the Corolla and TV broadcasters case for September. In response, Corolla sent Ars Technica, a statement saying he'll continue to pursue counterclaims against personal audio, seeking to invalidate the patent so that personal audio cannot sue other podcasters for infringement. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Corolla's company has already incurred hundreds of thousands of dollars in fees and expenses to defend itself against the personal audio patents. And then it wraps things up saying here, the personal audio patent was also used in a patent to demand uh, letters. Actually, let me hear. Let me start that one over. The personal audio patent... <laughs> Uh, was also used in patent demand letters sent to small podcasters which earned the attention of the Electronic Frontier Foundation. However, none of these letters have been made uh, public in more than a year, so personal audio may have dropped the idea of going after small fish as well. In any case, the EFF has opened a second line of attack on the podcasting patent in the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The patent is going through a process called partes Review, which is where the office reconsiders whether or not it should have been granted in the first place. If the current scheduling holds the uh, for the trials, the patent will be put in front of a jury in Texas uh, before the patent and trademark office can chal- the before the patent... Tr- uh, challenge is completed. Anyway, if you want to read the full article, um, I give you pretty much most of it, but I certainly encourage you to go check it out, com slash ARS update, and uh, you can read the whole thing. There's over 150 comments on this article when I read it earlier, and so it says here, one person wrote, full disclosure, I'm a fan of Corolla's, and I've listened to his podcast when they were just his radio shows put up on iTunes, and continued to listen since he went podcast only in 2009. I also donated to the Fight to Fight the Patent Trolls campaign. I donated to the Electronic Frontier Foundation campaign, and I have my very official black EFF hat now. I do not want my money back, and I say that he should keep fighting. I also say the EFF should keep their effort up to invalidate the patent. I think the personal audio folks just don't know Just don't want to fight on unequal terms. They want people to just pay the royalty and move on. Perhaps Corolla doesn't make that much money from podcasting. He also does live comedy shows like Mark Maron and other famous podcasters. The fact remains that personal audio are leeches who didn't invent podcasting and are merely trying to extract a fee from productive members of society. I love that comment. Anyway, here's another comment I found on there. I bet the personal audio folks want to drop the lawsuit now that uh, a big dog bit back. They should have considered that in advance. Additionally, I'm pretty sure that most people who contributed money would want the lawsuit to continue. And then another person commented, how shocking. A uh, patent troll tries to get settlement money. Patent troll gets called on their bluff. Patent troll whines when they actually have to pay lawyers to rep- represent them in court. And then somebody quoted the article, a cynical exploitation. Oh, the irony. So anyway, it's uh, very clear from this article that Personal Audio had made the decision that it, to me i my interpretation is that they realized they aren't going to win this one and not only did they realize in my again and i'm not a lawyer i don't play one on television either but in my opinion not only did they realize they weren't going to win this but i i i think they realized that hey if we continue to pursue this thing our patent's going to be invalidated and we won't be able to use this to go against anyone and that's why i believe that they decided to Go towards the you know the big te- television networks you know for their video episodic content on the internet and leave the podcasters alone. But the reality is is that you know Adam Carolla has already spent this money. It is so close to actually getting uh, in front of a jury, and I do believe from what I've heard that they have plenty of material that just basically says this is crazy. This should not exist, and that that he would win. That That's where things are looking. But at this point, yes, the other two networks, have, this lawsuits have been dropped, that nobody else, as far as I know, has received a letter demanding uh, licensing fees from the podcasting patent, from personal audio. But Adam Carolla has, de- has decided, I am not backing down. This is not going away. We are gonna continue to fight this thing. And we are going to just shut this thing down. And you know, there are two things that I think about this. Number one, well, what if they get in front of a jury that just doesn't care? You know, th- th- that's that's a little scary, right? Um, what if they get a jury and they award personal audio? Um, you know, I I personally i I am of the belief that not in a million years would personal audio win this case. I've felt that way from the very beginning. I've not ever, not once have I felt threatened in my career choice as a podcasting consultant. Since the the podcasting patent lawsuit first went into effect, I've personally trained over uh, 150 students how to launch a podcast and Out of those 150 students that launched a podcast, more than half of them personally reached out and says, wait a second, I just spent all this money and I'm hearing about this podcasting patent. And I was able to convince all of them that I just don't think that this is going to be an issue. And here's why I think this can be a good thing. And I've always said that. I've always said this could be a good thing because it's going to do nothing more in my mind than give a lot more exposure to podcasting. It's going to let a lot of people out there who had never heard of podcasting hear about this lawsuit, and it's going to actually help the 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 message of of this available content that is life changing uh, spread even further into the mainstream. So uh, anyway, the so I I guess one thing is is that the podcasting patent quote unquote lawsuits and concern that you know there was going to be you know a licensing fee that was going to be demanded from the Person who owns this podcasting patent, a you know that whatever they called that patent, but um, you know that 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 could have gone away, but it's not going away, uh, and instead um, it, it it looks like it might be carried out to the necessary conclusion, and hopefully that conclusion will be that it will be completely defeated. Now, I have not looked to see if what the additional efforts are. For Adam Carolla to continue to raise funds, uh, but if I'm uh, made aware of those, I will find out how you guys can continue to contribute to uh, his legal defense fund, uh, so that this thing can be fully funded, and um, you know that we can stand up and say, hey, you know, we're a community of people. You know, you you, you can't come into this beehive and stir things up, and then just go away quietly. Uh, we're we, we're, we fully intend to, produ- to protect the hive, uh, which is our, our ability to, to create this content that you, uh, Personal Audio LLC, a.k.a. Patent Troll, did not invent. So there you go. Ah, yeah. Wow. Podcasting patent. It almost went away, but it still continues on. We'll see how things go. Uh, just two, two more months away. All right, so I wanna share with you uh, six tips for dealing with email overwhelm. Now, I know that a majority of those of you who are listening to the show, you're still at that phase where, gosh, I wish I had more interaction with my community. I wish I had more um, uh, feedback. I wish I had more engagement with the people who listen to my show. I wish I had more comments on my blog post. I wish I had more people who would send me emails from my community, Uh, but the reality is is that um, regardless if you're in that situation or not, there's a good chance just because you live in the world we live in today, this technical world of uh, digital communication, that in one way or another, you're dealing with email overwhelm. And the one thing I will tell you is that if you consistently serve your community with great content, that gives people great value, that potentially changes their lives for the better, if you're creating that content consistently, if you are not being inundated and overwhelmed with emails from your community right now, the good news is that one day you will. Uh, it's just going to be a natural byproduct of serving people well. And, and and basically, the more overwhelmed you are from by email from your community, it's it, It's an indicator of how well you are serving that community. and and so so see it as a good thing. But the reality is that being overwhelmed by a lot of email is still overwhelming. And for me personally, I'm at a place now I receive at least a hundred emails every single day. And believe it or not, um, I actually still maintain inbox zero, on a daily basis now there are times when I go out of town and when I go out of town I can sometimes you know if I'm gone out of town for about four or five days some up to a week I could actually get about three to four or five days behind on email and when I come back I may stay three to four or five days behind on email uh, for up to a week or at least for as long as I was away Uh, But eventually I get back to inbox zero and then I'm pretty good at maintaining inbox zero until the next time something, you know, massive or drastic happens in my daily routines. But I I, I do have, I I believe that I've come to a place where I feel very confident in my ability to maintain inbox zero without the need, without the uh, need to actually hire somebody to sort through my email for me. Now, that may not always be the case. I mean, there, you know, if, if I get to the place where, you know, I'm starting to receive, a, you know, 500 to 1,000 emails per day, certainly, you know, some other things will have to happen. But even right now, yeah, about 100 to 180 emails a day, I have been able to maintain inbox zero. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you six six tips for how I deal with email that keeps me from being overwhelmed and that allows me to get to what I call inbox zero, which means that in my email inbox, there are no messages, none whatsoever. It says you have no mail. All right, so would you like to do that? Here's tip number one. The first one is to... Know beforehand what what you will say yes to and what you will say no to. So before you open up your email inbox to answer anything, before you do that, make a decision. What will I say yes to and what will I say no to? And this all comes down to knowing what your priorities are. And, and for me, I have a list of the top seven things that I will focus on each year. And, and this list changes year by year. Usually it has a lot of the same things on there. About four to five of the things have been pretty consistently at the top of this list for the last several years. But usually there's one or two new things that are added into the top seven things. And then there are a couple things that fall off. Just to give you an idea, what are some of the things that I say yes to? I say yes to anything related to podcasting A to Z and a student signing up for it or participating in it. I say yes to anything related to a podcast equipment sale. All right, This is somebody who is actually seriously going to purchase or has purchased um, my podcast equipment package at podcastanswerman.com slash equipment. I say yes to anything related to um, creating a great digital product that people will purchase one-off or that people will uh, find extremely uh, valuable within my podcasting A to Z course. So I say yes to digital products. I say yes to um, affiliate and uh, commission income. So I say yes to people who are looking for resources where I can send links or I can create content that is actually going to help me uh, help people find valuable resources that I have personally tested and used myself that I rec- can recommend that I know is going to be a great value to them and where I will earn a commission. And I also say yes to people who are looking for help one-on-one, which I don't offer one-on-one coaching consulting at this time, and I haven't for the last 18 months. Uh, and as a result of that, I do have a referral network where I have a specific set of hand-picked People in my network of referral uh, consultants that I personally will refer people to, and I make a generous commission on the invoices that they send to those clients that they that I refer over to them, and and so I say yes to that. I say yes to public speaking opportunities, but only a couple because it's getting further down on the list. So those are some of the things that I know that I will say yes to. So if an it, an email in my inbox is about a, a question related to signing up for A to Z. Am I going to spend some time answering that question? Yes. If it's related to somebody who is on the fence about which digital product to purchase, am I going to say yes? Absolutely. If somebody's on the fence about buying one of my equipment packages, um, you know, am I going to spend some time answering that question? Yes. Uh, if somebody wants to hire me one-on-one, but they don't want to take my podcasting A to Z course and they don't want to buy my tutorials and they don't want to spend time listening to my site or going through, they want to hire me one-on-one and just to have an hour of my time. Am I going to say yes to that? The answer is no, I'm not going to say yes to that. But I will, however, say yes to referring them. And, and so basically what I do know is that I'm not going to say yes to certain things and or I'm going to say yes to certain things, and I am definitely going to say no to other things. And so it makes the the answering of an email so much easier when you kind of think of it that, I would say that if I had to guess 95% of the emails is am I gonna give them a yes, or am I gonna give them a no? That that's really it comes down to one of those two things. Do you get a yes response or do you get a no response? And 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 by the way, that what is the yes and the no? It's do you get a lot of my time? Do I spend five to ten minutes responding to your email, or do you get a much quicker no response? Uh, so that's the first thing. Now the, so basically that that's the first tip is to know ahead of time before you open your email inbox what will you say yes to and what you what will you say no to? And by the way, if you don't have this you'll end up saying yes to a lot of requests in your email because, you'll, because you genuinely care for people. You want to help and serve people. You have many gifts and talents that you have the ability to help those people. But if you have not determined ahead of time what are the most important things for you to say yes to, you are gonna say yes to a lot of things that are not nearly as important as some of those other things. And as a result of that, you will be overwhelmed by how much you have said yes to. Guaranteed, you need to become an expert at saying no and know ahead of time before you open your email inbox what you're gonna say no to. All right, and by the way, I would say that 80% of my emails get a no response. They get a they get a no, I'm not available to help you personally one-on-one with what you're looking for, but I, I have a tip for that as well. All right, but before we do, uh, the next tip that I wanna give you is catalog your most frequent questions and take time to pre-write responses to those questions. So what I what do I mean by this? Well, for me, I get the same 15 or 20 questions every day. Um I, I, almost all my email will be will fit within 10 to 15 different questions that I get. Uh it, it just never fails. You can just imagine what they are. I'm sure that you are the same way. If you're if you are in a position where you have an online business in a targeted niche field, you could probably list the top 10 or 15 different things that people request from you in an email form. And a majority of your email will probably end up being in one of those, you know, 10 to 15 categories. So what I did is, I, and by the way, I used to spend all day responding to each one of those in a very personal and and real way. That made sure that every one of those people knew that they mattered. I mean, I, I would read the entire email and I would respond line by line by line, and and I would give them very thorough and detailed responses specifically for them. Even if it was a no response, I would very much write a, a personal you know personal email. However, today. I just there's I'm not able to do that with the 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 amount of emails that come out. So for me, one of the things that help was helpful uh, was a quote from Andy Stanley. He says, you know, once you when you become successful, the more successful you become, the less accessible you need to become. And, and he says, well, how do you deal with that when you're in a position where you're doing ministry? How do you deal with that when you're in a position where you want to help others? And he, he says, it really helps me to actually have the policy of do for some what you wish you could do for everyone or do for a few which you, what you wish you could do for everyone. And so occasionally you may be one of those people each day that do get a very real, authentic, genuine response from me that isn't pre-written. However, a majority of people do get those pre-written responses. Now, uh, I use a program called Text Expander. Um, you, you can just Google it, Text Expander. It is a Mac-only software program. However, if you do a Google search for Text Expander for Windows, I'm sure you'll see that there are two or three or four uh, oper- uh, other options for uh, non-Mac users. But if you're on the Mac, you want Text Expander, trust me. Um, And and basically what I'm able to do is I'm able to hit reply and hit R-R-E-F-E-R, which basically is the word refer with an extra R in front of it. So let me, for example, read to you what that says. So if you were to say, hey, Cliff, I've been reading your stuff um, and I, 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 I don't need to take your course, but I just need an hour of your time. How much would that be? And I would write back, and let's just say your name is Tim, I would type in Tim, and I would type in R-R-E-F-E-R, and it says, Tim, thank you so much for reaching out to me. Due to my commitments to other projects, I'm not taking one-on-one coaching clients at this time. However, I have personally hand-selected a number of consultants that I know and trust that I can refer requests like this. Uh, the rates for these consultants vary depending upon the type of help that you are seeking. If you're interested in hiring a consultant that I could refer you to, please reply to this email and I will connect to you. I wish you the greatest success in your online efforts. Very sincerely, Cliff. Now, what if Tim reached out to me and said, hey, Cliff, I am interested in your A to Z course or actually I, I'm interested in launching a podcast and can I work with you one on one? So in that scenario, it's A to Z refer. It's all one word. And it says, Tim, thank you for reaching out to me. Due to my current commitments to other projects, I'm not taking one-on-one coaching clients at this time. The best offer that I, ha- the best offer that I have to offer is my podcasting A to Z course. I encourage you to check out podcastingatoz.com to see the full details of what I offer during this four-week session. The greatest benefit of the course is that it provides you a place where you can ask as many questions as you want during a four-week period of time, and I am committed to answering every single question. I especially, ans- I especially encourage you to read the testimonials at the bottom of the page. However, if you prefer hiring someone to do all the setup for you, I have personally hand-selected a number of consultants that I know and trust that I can refer a request like this to, uh, blah, 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 blah. So you get the idea. Matter of fact, I even let's just say Tim says, hey, Cliff, I'm a huge fan of your show. I'm on episode 38 of my podcast, and I want to interview you. And I would type in the word interview with an extra I in front of it. So it would say Tim, and then I would type in I, and then I would type the word interview. And it'd say, Tim, thank you so much for inviting me to be a guest on your podcast. I never take these requests lightly. I actually accept and schedule approximately 10 to 20 interviews each month. Once or twice a month I block out a full day to re, to schedule these interviews back to back so that I can keep up with the most of the requests that come in. I haven't opened up time slots on my next round of interview time slots for my next round of interviews. If you don't mind, I've added your request to my list and as soon as I pick out my next interview blocks of time, I will be sure to contact you. Thank you so much for the invitation and for your patience. Very sincerely, Cliff. So you, so you can see this next tip is, you know, these are the most recent, re- you know, or most common emails that I get. I cataloged what are the most frequent questions and I carefully crafted responses. And by the way, I there are many of those responses I took at least an hour, sometimes two or three hours, deciding exactly the right wording that I could apply to those pre-written messages. All right? The third tip that I will give you, oh, and by the way, um, actually, yeah, this is the third tip. The third tip is when you give a no response, which I encourage you to do more often if you are indeed overwhelmed. When giving a no response, attempt to always provide something useful to help the person get what they want. Now, I have learned that one of the greatest ways to achieve success in life is by helping other people achieve success. If you want to get, if you want to most find, if you want to find the most successful way of getting what you want in life, it is by sincerely helping other people get what they want in life. So if somebody comes to me and they're looking to me to help them find what they're looking to achieve in life and my response is no, well, that's, I'm perfectly fine with that. And by the way, I wasn't when I first started this process, and I bet you'll have a tro- I bet you'll have a lot of problem with it if you're not an expert at saying no yet either. However, uh, I've grown to the place where I'm very confident in giving somebody a no response. but I never give them a no response and just drop it. In fact, in my no response, I'm always attempting to give them what they want I, to basically help them find it. And here's what I had to do. I had to actually get to the place where I said, I'm sorry, I'm not able to help you uh, because I'm so overwhelmed with email right now. Uh, have, you know, but if you want to, you could just go to Google, type in this Google phrase, and you'll find the answer you're looking for. I'm absolutely certain of it. All right. That's one thing you could do. However, I, you know what, there, I'm still at the place right now where if it's a question that <laughs> a quick Google search would have gotten them what they're looking for, I, you know, instead of telling them to Google it, guess what I'll do? I'll Google it and I'll give them the top two or three results that I personally think would be helpful to them. Or... I will connect them to a commun- an online community of people who have a passion for helping people in that area, people who have more time and are devoted and, and that's their greatest joy is to help them with that particular question. And so being able to point them to resources, to give them, to help them, you know, in your no response, give them something that's going to move them closer towards achieving what it is they're looking to achieve. So that's tip number three. Tip number four Move to-do items out of your email inbox and put them into some sort of task management system. Um, for me, I use Evernote, and Evernote has this ability for me to forward uh, emails or blind carbon copy emails into uh, to a special email address. And for me, I personally just have those go into my Evernote account. And so, if somebody if if somebody sends me an email, and the idea is that I you know I need to follow up on this, I can't just delete it and forget it. Um, this is something that I in two more days I'm supposed to you know do this one thing, or I'm supposed to you know this person says they're going to do this, but if I delete this email or archive this email, I'm going to forget about it, and as a result of that, um, I'll, I'll just. You know, I'm just going to leave this in my inbox and, you know, I know it's Wednesday, but on Friday I'll I'll see it in my inbox and I'll reply then to check and make sure it's done. And then I'll keep it in my inbox until I finally get confirmation or response from them saying that this has been indeed finished. That, my friends, is not an email that stays in the inbox. That actually needs to go into some kind of task management system. This is something that is a follow-up item. That this is something on a specific day. Uh, At a specific time, or or usually just as a at a specific date in the future, I can look at it. But until that day, I don't want it in front of me. I don't want it to. I don't want it to even show up. I don't even want it in my subconscious mind. I want it on a list somewhere else that will be pulled up that specific day. And so that's what I do. As I forward those things to Evernote, and I use Evernote to uh, use the reminder system for me to set it to, to be reminded on a specific date, and every day I come into my office, I will actually look at all the reminders for today. And um, one of the things that uh, was a real stickler for me, it's like, ah, oh, man, but I, I wanna be able to f- hit, just hit reply and send the thing back. Well, I use Google Mail, or I use Google Apps, which is Gmail, but for businesses. And if you have Gmail or Google Apps, for me what i can do is i can actually go to that email in my browser and i can cut the url out of the web address bar and i'll actually go into my evernote uh, and i will paste a link to that email thread inside of my gmail or google mail and that way when i get to that to do item all i do is in evernote i click the link at the top of the reminder And then that pulls up the discussion thread in my browser and I just hit the reply button. And that, that message in Google mail has been archived. It's not in my inbox, but it's still there in my archives. And by simply having that little link at the top of my Evernote, I'm able to click on it, pull it up, reply and send it off on its way. But I don't see it until I actually need to do that into the future. And that of course allows me to free that thing from my email inbox. All right, so that was tip number four, move to do items out of your inbox and into a task management system. And the last two um, are this, uh, create labels, and of course now I'm very specifically talking to Gmail users and I'm sure that you could probably figure out how to do some things with labels and tags and filters and all this other stuff or you know, folders in your own email clients, but I use Google Mail, so what I will tell you is that I create labels and use filters to help me easily identify certain types of messages that are in my inbox. So for example, I every time somebody purchases a, uh, an equipment package, every, some, every time somebody purchase is, purchases one of my digital products, every time somebody signs up for one of my live events, I get an email and, and that email automatically has a red label that says product sale. And, and what I do is I open up my email inbox and I might have, you know, 55 emails. However, there are, out of the 55, 20 of those have this red label that says product sale. And that instantly tells me these are the most important things. And by the way, I turn off all of the automatic sort and sorting functions of Gmail that, you know, those three different tabs, promotion folders and stuff like that. I don't even bother with that. But anyway, my main inbox has everything that comes into it, and that's what I have. So, and there, to give you another example, like sometimes I, you know, if I purchase something on Amazon, I don't get a paper receipt that I put in my wallet that gets entered into bookkeeping later. So, what happens is Amazon will send me a receipt. Or if I buy something off of some other website that emails me a receipt for my purchase, like GoDaddy for a domain or something like that, well, I have a label called receipt. And it's a yellow label and it says, you know, here, you know, electronic receipt. And I can easily look at my list of, you know, 70, 80 emails and I can see three or four receipts in there. And I know that those receipts, I'm going to click on it and then I'm going to open up uh, my QuickBooks in another tab. And I'm going to add those expenses and file and then I can forward those receipts onto wherever I forward them. So just looking at my email inbox, because I created these labels, and then I said, you, with a filter inside of Google, I said, hey, anytime a message comes in from eJunkie, which is my shopping cart solution, I want you to add this label that says product sale. Anything that comes from GoDaddy, uh, as far as, you know, this, you know, confirmation, I sent put the receipt on there. If I get an email from Amazon, you know, confirmation of order received or whatever, or maybe it's the whatever phrase they always put in the subject line. I do a filter that says every time this happens, add this label. And that's how I do that. So create labels and use filters to help you easily identify what are those messages that are the most important for me to tackle first. All right. And then my last... A tip that I'll share today, of course I've got tons of things that I do for my productivity, but uh, the one other thing that I do is I create separate email inboxes for less urgent items. Now, how I do this is I create a label called, let's just say, social media. I create a label called show preparation. I create a, a label called for processing, all right? And what happens is there are certain things, like if I get a, no, a, a Google Plus notification, if I get a Twitter notification, if I get a Facebook notification, a LinkedIn invite to connect on my network or whatever, all of those things, none of that hits my uh, inbox, it, my, my genuine real-life inbox. Instead, what happens is on the left-hand side of Google, uh, G, Gmail and Google Mail, uh, you have all your labels listed. But you can actually choose to only show the labels you want. So all of my labels are hidden except for A to Z, social, show prep, and for processing. And so if I get anything from a social media site, I have a filter that says, if I get a, a message from Facebook, number one, add the label social media. Number two, fill, archive or automatically skip the inbox. That's it. And then that filter is done. So now every time Facebook sends me a message that says "So and so sent you a message on Facebook," instantly it gets put the it gets put into the label uh, under social media, and instantly it skips my inbox. So it never actually appears in my inbox at all. But it's actually if I click on the left hand side and click on social media, that little label over there on the left, it in essence gives me an e- another inbox of all the messages that are labeled social media now what I do in that case and how I treat that almost as another email inbox is ever once I have seen that message and 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 record and all of a sudden decide I don't need this anymore then what I do is I actually will um, remove the label so once like for example if you send me a a LinkedIn request uh, it will show up in my label under linked under social media And I'll see that, I'll open the email, I'll click on the link, accept your connection, we are now connected on LinkedIn, and then I'll go right back to my Google Mail tab and I'll remove the social media label off of there. That message is still archived, it's still on Gmail, but it's not in my, it was never in my email inbox and now it's no longer in my social media label. Those, my friends, are my six tips for... Dealing with email overwhelm, and that, my friends, is how I'm able to maintain Inbox Zero on pretty much a daily basis. In fact, before I launched today's Podcast Answer Man episode, I was at Inbox Zero. And right now, by the way, I have 10 messages in my email inbox, uh, one in my podcasting A to Z folder, and four in my social media file. So all of that since uh, we got started here, but it's all good. I can handle it. The question is, can you and will these six tips help you? If you've got other tips you want to share, go to podcastanswerman.com slash 368 and share your thoughts there. Now, with that being said, wow, I I certainly went over more than I wanted to. Uh, This week's episode is going to be an hour and 15 minutes in length. But that's because I don't want to wrap up without first sharing with you a very big uh, additional note that I want to give you for my next level podcast one-day mastermind event. And by the way, if you're not interested in hearing this, this show is officially over now. Yeah, You could tune out and uh, tune in next week. But I hope some of you will listen to this. Uh, but uh, last week, I announced for the very first time that I am going to be hosting the one-day next-level mastermind event uh, that is really focused on taking your business to the next level. This is not necessarily a podcasting event. This is a business event. And if you have an online business or a business that you want to take to the next level, uh, Saturday, August 15th, just one day before the launch of the Podcast Movement Conference in Dallas, Texas, I'm, I've am i reserved a room uh, over there, which is the same conference center, the same hotel that the event uh, for the Podcast Movement is in. And uh, it's going to be from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. and 8 I shared just a little bit about it last week, and then Sue wrote me an email, and this is what she asked. And I'm going to read it word for word. She says, Cliff, how does this differ uh, from just a meetup of people sitting around a table sharing ideas? I'm sorry if this is a silly question. This is not meant to be snarky in any way. I just don't know what I would be getting for my money. Thank you, and I hope to meet you in Dallas as a part of this group. So, I loved that question. She you know, it's a it's a $1,000 one day business mastermind, an intensive mastermind event. And by the way, I do have um, three people already signed up, and I have a survey from a fourth person who will probably be signed up as soon as I contact them back um, because I do think that they'll be a good fit for the event. Anyway, so there are still six spots left, at least. and if you want to learn, Um, How is this any different than just a meetup with a group of people sitting around a table sharing ideas? If you want to know what the value you would be getting if you were to attend this one-day event, I'm going to share with you the response that I made to um, Sue. And it's an audio response that I recorded. And I'm going to go ahead and play that. And by the way, I'm just going to tell you right now, it's 15 minutes in length. So, With that, I'm going to go ahead and play the whole thing that I sent over to Sue right now. Hey, Sue, this is Cliff Ravenscraft, and I am responding to your email. I hope you don't mind, but I chose to respond with audio because I feel like I could probably communicate this a little bit better with my voice than trying to find just the right words with the keyboard. So anyway, I know that your question was not meant to be snarky and that you are just, you know, questioning what am I going to get for my money if I were to sign up for the next level one day mastermind event. So here's the question that you asked. You said, um, I'm wondering how this event would be any different from just having a meetup of people sitting around a table and sharing ideas. And so I can understand if you've not been involved in mastermind group meetings before that it, it is a hard concept to, um, to grasp, but let me explain to you a couple things here that I think might help you get a better understanding of what's going on. First of all, um, there is the question of just a meetup of people sitting around a table and sharing ideas. So first and foremost, I want to say that if it was just that, um, it would still be valuable. Now, would it be worth $1,000 and a day of your time? It depends, I guess, on who those people are and we're going to get around to that in just a moment. But the idea of, of a group, a small group of people sitting around a table for the purpose of sharing ideas is a powerful thing in and of itself. In fact, um, I would encourage you to do this often and to to you don't have to charge for it. You could find a place to meet and get around and do this uh, very often yourself. In fact, I think the important thing, though, is what ideas are being shared and what is the purpose of each person coming to the group. And those are the kind of things that I want to talk about that are going to uh, set this meeting in particular apart and especially uh, not only, you know, this meeting and how, how the group is focused, but also who is at the meeting. So first and foremost, I just wanted to say that, you know, a meetup of any group of people sitting around the table sharing ideas has potential value, great potential value. And I do stress the word potential. And that's where I am going to help you understand that this is not just potential value, that obviously I'm charging $1,000. So I do believe in the actual value of this particular small group of people sitting around this particular table uh, sharing these particular ideas. It's very specific and and very much focused. So what is it about this group that that would be worthwhile? First of all, and, and I hope this doesn't sound arrogant, but it is the fact that I'm leading the meeting. Uh, so this isn't just a group of people sitting around a table, but it's a group it's sharing ideas. It's a group of t- people sitting around a table sharing ideas with me as the facilitator of that meeting and that time and how it's arranged and how the conversations are going and what direction things are going towards. And as I shared in the audio version of Podcast Answer Man in episode 367, I have experience in leading over 450 mastermind meetings myself. Now, I've been in more uh, mastermind meetings than that, but since 2010, I have personally led, I have facilitated over 450 of these meetings. So I do know how to run one of these meetings, and if nothing else uh one thing that you could get of great value here is that you come for this one day mastermind event you actually get the taste and and the the sensation of what happens when a mastermind group comes together for the purpose of the mastermind and and the mastermind principle and as a result of that you could come away with, from this saying you know what i want to create a weekly mastermind or I want to create a personal mastermind group that I'm going to lead myself and I'm going to use a lot of what Cliff did in facilitating this meeting uh, and take it away and if nothing else it was a $1,000 training course on how to lead your own mastermind group and I can tell you there is a lot of value in just that alone. But let's talk about not just the person leading the meeting and how the meeting is going to be led. I think there's value in that obviously, as I shared, but uh, there's also the value of the people who are actually going to be around this table sharing ideas. This isn't just any group of people. Uh, This is a very specific group of people, and I'm going to use the the words, who are fully invested in the group or fully invested in the meeting. For example, not only are they invested in time, which of course, they're going to be there for from 8 a.m. to uh, 5 p.m., including a lunch break where we're going to spend some time together. But not only that, but they have also invested in travel time. They have also uh, invested financially. As you know, the cost of this one-day event is $1,000. And obviously, just the price tag of this, this meeting alone pretty much uh, creates a certain selection of people who are at a, at a minimum level in their business where they would be willing to pay $1,000 for the opportunity to to sit around the table with other business people who also have you know, seen the value in sitting around a ta- table with other people who have paid $1,000 to be a part of it. So it is It is a certain, um, there is a certain level of the folks that are going to be there that will actually participate. And of course, I'm personally going to be going through each of the folks who have signed up for the One Day Mastermind event and make sure that that you know these folks are people who do have a business. That it's not something they're thinking about, it's not something that they're dabbling in. These are people who have business experience and that's the next thing. So the first thing about each of those people that will be sitting around this table, it's not just that they're fully invested and it's not just the leader of the group who is, uh, has experience in leading over 450, uh, mastermind meetings but also every single person around that table will have experience in owning and operating a business so these are people now the and, the and the good thing is is that this is going to be people from all various walks of life as various different types of businesses um and some of the experience that they're going to bring there are people who have very high strength in marketing there are people who are great at product creation. There are people who are wonderful and, and well-versed in all things related to social media. There are people who have really discovered the 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 mindset of pricing and how to price certain things. There are people who are experts at hosting webinars and creating online courses and people who have learned how to get break into the public speaking circuit, even if you don't have a book. Um, there are people in there that have had literally thousands and thousands of hours of coaching and consulting one-on-one and in group coaching sessions and all of these other things. And I could list the the different types of experience that that would be listed and, and what I wanna share with you. And again, I hope this doesn't sound arrogant, but all of those things that I just told you, marketing, product creation, social media, pricing mindset, uh, webinars, online courses, public speaking, coaching, and consulting, if I were the only person sitting at the table, I have all of those as ex- as strengths myself. Now here's the deal. I also have many weaknesses and that's why you know bringing not just myself to the table but bringing other people to the table who have strengths that probably a lot of the folks in the room will have several of these. They'll share some of these same strengths, but some of them will have a weakness in social media. Somebody might, uh, might have a weakness in product creation or somebody may be doing coaching and consulting, but they're really struggling on raising their pricing. They're, they're stuck at maybe $40 an hour or something like that, and they're not able to make ends meet. Um, well, actually, that's if they're not able to make ends meet, they're probably not making it to this group. But you, you get the idea of what I'm saying that that not everybody is going to be an expert or have a strength in all these areas. I happen to have a strength in all the ones that I wrote down, but I certainly have a lot of areas where I can grow, and that's why even as the the facilitator of this group, and even though I have led and personally facilitated over 450 meeting, mastermind meetings, I still personally gain tons of value every time I'm, I'm a part of any mastermind group experience that I'm a part of. So, so there we go, so basically you have uh, the person leading the group is intentional, the, the folks that are around the table with me are fully invested both in uh, travel time, uh, time spent there, and also financially. They all have experience uh, to offer to those who are seeking help with their time uh, in the hot seat and I'll explain that in just a moment. But um, so yeah, that, that is exactly what I wanted to share with you <clears throat> is that there is a value, it's not just any group of people sitting around the table just sharing any ideas, these are very specific. In fact, one of the things that will happen for you or anyone who was to sign up for this Mastermind one day event, you would actually have 30 minutes, a minimum of 30 minutes in the hot seat and as a result of that 30 minutes, what will happen is, and you'll be preparing this ahead of time, I, I would actually be working with each individual making sure that they are fully, uh, they fully understand exactly how to present their 30 minute, pre- or to their time in what we call the hot seat. And what happens is every single person at this meeting, every single person at the table will agree prior to officially being fully accepted to be sitting at the table everyone will agree that we ha- are 100% devoted to the benefit, to the success of the one person sitting in the hot seat. So for 30 minutes, a minimum of 30 minutes, when you're in the hot seat, everybody in that table has agreed that the only thing that matters at that moment in time for that 30-minute time um, is, that you, is your success. We are fu- Everybody at the table has forgotten about their own desires, their own needs, their own questions, and everybody's saying, okay, what's my experience? What is this person in the hot seat? What is it? What is their business? What is their idea? What is their goal? What are the obstacles that they just communicated? What struggles are they facing? And the idea is for you to take about maybe five minutes, uh, maybe even seven or eight minutes to express who you are, what your business is, and what your ideas are your goals your struggles your obstacles that seem to be in your way and then after about 5 to 7 maybe 8 minutes then you stand in that room and everybody else in that room pours into you based upon all of their experience all of their ideas and what happens is all of a sudden maybe i didn't maybe i share an idea and and i throw this out and then the person over there right across the table from me says oh my gosh you know what that just Uh, sparked a memory of an experience that I had. And I think you should know about this. And in fact, I know the person you need to talk to. Um, Those kind of things happen in this environment. And every, for that 30 minute time, for when you are in the hot seat, it is all about you. Every single minute of that time is all about you and your success. And we are very serious about being devoted to each other during this time. The other thing is that okay? You might think, well, gosh, okay, that's great. Um, I, of course, I don't think that you would do this, Sue. But uh, some folks might say, okay, well, I'm. Go- that's great. I'm going to go there. I get my 30 minutes. I'm in the morning. Why should I sit there the rest of the day? Well, that we don't let people like that into this meeting. So this is this is again, it's it's about the type of people who are sitting around that table. It's not just any group of people sharing ideas. This isn't a selfish group of people. This is a selfless group of people who understand that, yes, I have something of value to give. My experience, you know, I, I, in my hot seat, I have received great value. I have received great advice, motivation. I now can take that area of my business to the next level. But now, or maybe they'll say in the morning, maybe they're going to be in the afternoon. I understand my time will come. But right now, Sue is in the hot seat and this is all about her. And so I'm not here just for myself and my time in the spotlight or my time in the hot seat, but I'm here for the benefit of every single person because one of the mastermind principles, one of the success principles that have, has really guided me through my business is the most effective way to achieve success in your life, in your business and all of your pursuits is by helping other people achieve success in their lives, in their businesses, in their pursuits. So this is an opportunity for us to all serve each other in a very organized, very methodical, very formulaic way, but in a way that I've seen transform lives. And that is what you're going to get from this group of people. This is going to be a transformation experience for you and for the folks that sit around that table. Every single person can expect to come away from this meeting a different person than when they went in. And that has been true for all of the meetings, all of the the mastermind meetings that I've ever been involved in. So I hope that this helps you out. Um, I don't share this to try to convince you to sign up. In fact, if you were to say that you wanted to sign up, I'd still have a questionnaire for you to fill out. To, to make sure that you're the type of person that should be sitting at that table. Not necessarily that you're not good enough, but do you have the qualifications? I am looking for people who have a business, that who who do have and have demonstrated some areas of strengths in their pursuits, and, and that they have something to bring to the table to offer the other people who are making this investment of their time, who are making the investment of this travel, and who are making this investment of $1,000. So, Sue, I share that for you, And this is a 15-minute response to it. I think I'm also going to include it in the next episode of Podcast Answer Man. So I think it's going to serve a dual purpose. So it's not just for you, Sue. And I didn't use your last name for that reason. But uh, anyway, I hope this answers your question. And potentially, I look forward to seeing you in Dallas. Well, my friends, that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Podcast Answer Man. I don't want it to go any longer. Hopefully, that helped anybody who had any questions related to the one-day Next Level Mastermind event. Uh, If you want more details, uh, head over to podcastanswerman.com slash next level. If you want to sign up and you want to find out if it's a good fit for you, feel free to email me, cliff at podcastanswerman.com. God bless and we'll talk to you again next week. Podcast Answer Man.